Welcome to another episode of Reptile Fight Club. I'm Justin Julander. With me as always, Mr. Jeff Poland. Hey, hey. <laughs> well, what is going on in your world, Chuck? Work My settled world. down. Things are good. Work settled down. You had a couple days yep, off. Things are good. Yeah. I have. I've, I've taken a little vacation. Uh, yeah, just... Um, uh, my my AC just crapped out on me, so I'm gonna oh, have to figure fine. that out. Yeah, it's yeah. hotter than hotter than yeah. Satan's ass here right now. So <laughs> I'm sure it's um, real easy to find a AC at this time of year too. Yeah, <laughs> so you know, even yeah. like we had to call and like leave a message. Not even the 24 hour places have called mm. us back. So yeah, mm. I, I promise we're gonna suffer a little for this one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what's going on. The my um, like my air handler unit's up in my attic, and I'm getting leaking that's coming yeah. from my ceiling. So, yeah, not good. That's I, not uh, yeah, it looks like it's coming from the unit. So, I'm not yeah. sure exactly what's going on. But now, do you, uh, get, the, do you get the nice, like, uh, coastal breezes and kind of that moderate uh, temperatures, or, or are you sort of where you get kind of the heat? So I would I would describe where I am in in East Chula Vista as probably. Uh, the middle between the coastal, the coastal breeze and the coastal temps and the inland, uh, desert temps. Like we're okay. probably somewhere in the middle of that. Kind of you best know? of both not, worlds, huh? Yeah, a little bit. So we're not, yeah. you know, not, not quite like, um, Hamul or, or Del Zura or any of those inlands, um, that are kind of in, in over the mountains baking, or, or yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they are absolutely baking out there. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not quite as nice, you know, like on my way into work, uh, I take, I go over the Coronado bridge and you can literally, once you get up on that bridge, you can just, if you have your windows down, you can feel the, the temperature drop like mm. 10 degrees. Yeah. So it's, you know, you, you it, it's definitely not that same coastal breeze with the, with, with the coastal cooling that you get. But um, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's, it's hot here right now. So yeah. <laughs> I was, I was driving with the kids through LA once and I, and there was traffic of course, cause there's always traffic in LA, but we um, were kind of baking in the car. And I'm like, man, it's kind of warm. And, and I didn't really want to turn on the AC. I'm like, let's conserve the, you know, let's conserve the gas. Save the water. AC. Yeah. 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 And so like the old school dad, you know, and uh, I rolled down the windows and I'm like, oh, it's really nice out there. It's like very uh, cool breeze coming in. So, yeah, I, I guess it goes to figure that it was a really ritzy neighborhood. I'm sure you pay a yeah. premium were, to were live you, in that zone. Of, were you driving through like Orange County, like like the beach uh, cities? It was a little or? further north, but yeah, we, okay. we were driving from the zoo. And then there was some high school where like Teen Wolf was filmed and the girls wanted to go check that out. So being the wonderful dad that I am, I drove my daughters all over L.A. County looking for the place where Teen Wolf was filmed and they were very geeked out and excited, but it was not, not so enjoyable for me, but I just had a day at the zoo, so it was okay. Right. Yeah, right. Trade off that sacrifice. Compromises. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, yes. they endured the zoo and I endured the, the Teen Wolf school, but that's a very <laughs> then, father. That's a very fatherly thing of you. To yeah. Do. But trying to get out of there was a nightmare. Just, so, oh, yeah. you know, just cars everywhere. I'm like, Oh my yeah. gosh. But yeah, yeah like, I, fe I feel like, there? 
I feel like anytime you pigeon your hole yourself into something like that in LA, you ultimately set yourself up for traffic yeah. where you're like, Oh, we're going to go here. We're going to go downtown or we're going to like go to Disneyland or we're going to uh-huh. do like, like all, uh, inevitably you set yourself up for like, Oh crap. How do we get out of this place? <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. So yeah. And it seems like everybody wants to get out of there at the same time. You know? Yes. Like it no, it, it's, like, up, the, it's like, yeah. oh, it's like, the Murphy's law of how, LA yeah. works. Yeah. Well, I, uh, we, no we, we went to the, I think we went to the super show or one of the shows that was in San Diego back in the day. It was like mm-hmm. 98 or 97, you know, and I think that's when I picked up my first jungle car, but from Python Pete, but we were driving um, back from uh, San Diego heading towards my cousins in Rancho Santa Margarita. And yep. And this is before, you know, phones and all that good stuff. So we were just going off of paper maps and we got in bumper to bumper traffic, you know, somewhere just, just North of San Diego. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, we're just kind of sitting there zoned out, just kind of chatting or whatever, me and my wife. And then all of a sudden I see signs saying, welcome, you know, Los Angeles next five, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, wait, how did we get to Los Angeles? And so we're like way bypassed our exit and just missed it. And then we were just kept going in bumper to bumper traffic. So we were just sitting there for hours, but then we bypassed it by another hour and a half, you know? So like we had to turn yeah. around and go back. I'm feeling pretty You were stupid. real jacked up yeah. at that point. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was not, <laughs> not fun. So yeah, yeah. No. I'm like, how did I miss it? Cause you know, we, yeah, we did that drive a lot from, from, uh, Trey and Jenny, you know, you, yeah, you stayed yeah. there with us. Yeah. Driving yeah, from yeah. there to Anaheim or LA or whatever to go to the That's a little bit of a drive. It's a little yeah, bit of a yeah. drive. I mean, it's, it's an not, hour to LA yeah. with good traffic, you know? So you're like, oh, yeah. well, how did I do that? Well, thankfully but, gas was in $6 a gallon. <laughs> yeah, back right. Then, but, yeah. Hey, we would have, hey, we would have had to live on the off, side bro. of the road. <laughs> I don't care, meathead. Knock it off. <laughs> I swear he's using words there. <laughs> Dude, yeah. they talk. Yeah, yeah no, or... they do talk. Yeah, that's Ruby. Yeah, they de- they definitely, it, yeah. It, we have conversations. So, yeah. Um, yeah, good good times. But good yeah, times. That, yeah, that traffic in California, man, you guys are in living there, I guess. But it's a, uh, yeah. I guess you pay the premium to, to live in a nice place. But yeah, yeah and I, you I sure didn't catch me up your, in that. I'm jealous of your keeping reptiles outdoor ability and your uh, succulents, uh, growing of succulents in your yard ability. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah definitely. A lot of benefits. Definitely the plant and animal uh, benefits uh, and the weather benefits yeah. are there, but yeah. um, the traffic is, you know, and and you know, San Diego traffic is is mild in comparison yeah. to to L.A. I just I cannot I I just cannot. <laughs> with LA it's the the traffic is like the worst yeah it's saying uh it's uh, it's you know so well yeah that's I guess uh there's pros and cons to wherever we live we should fight about you know that's whether facts. it's good to live in California or, or Utah or whatever but well <laughs> probably I'm, not uh not not along the lines of the show but so yeah. you're you're swimming in geckos, huh? You got got. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm busy with geckos. Yeah, I've got a I got to figure I got to figure I got to figure gecko problems out. I just yeah. like 
am trying to get stuff back down to a more like, not that it's unmanageable. It's just like a lot of work. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm feeding all this stuff and I don't really need to, I need yeah. to do something here. So yeah. um, just trying to, trying to make that happen and probably acknowledging the fact that I maybe miscalculated the market for, for <laughs> giant day geckos. Um, so, yeah. you know, the yeah, other live, you learn. I like them. I yeah, like them, yeah. you know, but obviously yeah. other people, you know, it's maybe, funny too because so they're much. so bright, they're diurnal. You know, you'd think they'd just kind of fly off the shelves, but yeah, yeah, go figure. I guess, uh, yeah, it's funny. And then there's so many cool reptiles out there. It's, I yeah. guess, that's a shocking thing to to kind of come to the realization is that we limit ourselves to you know just a handful of species that are popular: mm-hmm. like ball pythons, boas, bearded dragons, corn. You know, you can kind of count them on one hand. All the yeah. very popular things that are just in mass numbers, and you're well, like, and I, let's you know, diversify that's a little people. Let's. I, I was kind of thinking about that. Like, okay, well, so giant day geckos. What's wrong? You know, like yeah. okay, so you can't hold them like sure. a leopard gecko, yeah. and they, maybe the they're big, not yeah. as many colors and, and morphs, you know, out mm-hmm. there. But uh, so but the colors I, you they know, have are you know, like mind blowing. Yeah. They're, they're, they're they have, I mean, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, green. and they've got a lot of personality, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. um, yeah. That kind of I, monoculture I mean, that, you know, that we seem to go down and, you know, granted there's more resources and things for certain reptiles and maybe people are a little apprehensive of keeping something they're not, there's not a ton sure. of information about or, or well, their friend I mean, has one or whatever. You, you know, know, it would probably be, I would probably be doing, doing, a, having an easier life if I was doing a lot more of the micro geckos, um, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of the, the smaller Ligodactylus and the smaller, uh, Felsuma stuff, even, you know, I, I mean, but whatever, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's crazy because all of these problems that I've really gotten myself into is really over, um, one breeding pair of uh-huh. grandis. So <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, like they're ridiculously prolific, um, which, you know, you, you know, if, if, if they ever caught on in the market, it would be, you know, I mean, I could see how it could go real bad, real fast, Mm -hmm. uh, with, with, with the, with the, the, the boom and bust of the market, how it is. But, um, yeah, well, but yeah, ebb and flow of things like maybe, you know, things kind of come around again and become more popular. People realize, Hey, this exists and this is very affordable and I can get one, you know, and just have it as a pet and look at it and be awed by its beauty, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, I complain, but I mean, I, I just, I wholesaled four geckos today and, and it made some room that I needed and I'm, I'll move the other ones. Like, it's not a big deal. It's it's just, you know, no one's barn burning down my door for giant day geckos, which, you know, fair enough, you know, fair enough. So I find um, it interesting because I put, I, I just have like a a couple pairs of, uh, of crested geckos in my office. And so I produce, you know, uh, quite a few, like they're pretty productive little geckos. And mm-hmm. so I take them to the show, put them on the table for, you know, 30, 50 bucks, something like that. And, and I mean, there's breeders all around the show selling crested geckos for five, six hundred dollars. Whoa. There we go. That's me. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and then, you know, I, I'm like, 
how how are they buying these expensive ones but you know ignoring my less expensive ones even though the ones i have come from pretty colorful adults and yeah they look pretty nice but you know yeah, it, it is what it you is. know and, and they do I, a much better job at marketing them than i do and you know i'm not known for crested geckos so nobody's coming well to i mean looking it, for them and, and you know i i don't really get that portion of the uh, of of the hobby mm-hmm. uh you know i mean i i I guess name recognition is a thing, right? Yeah, like it, sure. it's, it's definitely a thing, and and flashy marketing has, you know, I mean, for for goodness' sake, you know, not everybody can have uh, a belly dancer at their table, but um, <laughs> but you know, that's a thing, by the way. It oh, is yeah. a thing. Steve and I it, were just it, talking about that on Sunday. It happens. We were, we were chatting, yeah. and like he said, he saw that particular table and i'm like oh did you find him by all the belly dancers and he's like no he didn't have any of those this year but yeah yeah i think i think that might have been a one and done show i I don't know yeah i I don't know the the caliber of belly dancers he had were a little (laughs) sketchy so yeah i can't see that driving business to the table more like the other way around but hey you got to try some marketing schemes i guess just put yourself out there (laughs) yeah just shoot for the stars you know? <laughs> oh boy yeah, yeah you shoot well you just shoot for the top of the you arc shoot for like, something I yeah guess. it yeah. doesn't i don't know how i don't know what kind of velocity you're getting yeah. to get you out of orbit but uh, you're just shooting for the top of the arc wherever that is wherever you might, that lands you might bounce off yeah. the ceiling pretty quick but you know that's correct hey, at least you're shooting you're you're taking your shot i mean if uh, you hit the ceiling you're at the top of the arc somehow yeah yeah Man, I, I so the, the that reptile show a few weeks back, I um, saw some tortoises, and I can't get them out of my head. I don't know why, but I guess I it's I, I'm pretty sure they were specs uh, hingeback tortoises, mm-hmm. um, the Conixus specii, and they were really cool looking. I mean, they were imported, and so they were cheap, and they'd probably die mm-hmm. in a couple weeks. And so, you know, of course, I'm not gonna contribute to that whole you know issue but um i found i found some you know captive bred stuff and i'm like oh do i want to go yeah do i need to get tortoises yeah i'm like somebody talk me out of this but i feel like i feel like beautiful animals i feel like you could do euromastics if you're gonna do that i know know seriously yeah that's you know yep that's so I, I don't know. I guess it's because because I, I I think I told the story of getting my daughter uh, some tortoises. We got her some, um, you know, juvenile captive bred Herman's tortoises. You know, they're fun little thing, just tiny little babies. You know, summer, so she's summer. Yeah, she's really yeah, okay. excited about them and nice you know, having a fun time, keeping them happy and healthy, and so and doing cool. it all right. So yeah, it's really fun to to see her get excited about that. So. You know, now then I'm like, well, if we have these tortoises, why not get some? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's how yeah, it starts. The right there. Keep, start turning. That's like that's yeah, the addict. That's the addict in you rationalizing really yeah. your next purchase. But I mean, there's just so many cool reptiles. You know, can you fault me? But yeah, no. I to, I, it, listen, I'm I need on to focus page. on what I have and getting you know them into bigger cages and stuff. Yeah, listen, I did. Oh, I'm boy. here to support you. <laughs> yeah. And, the, 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 the talking you out of it is Heidi's job. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, tortoises, they're, they're, they're not, I'm not going to be overrun by tortoises anytime soon. You know, they're, yeah. they take their time, but, um, so it's kind of a nice lesson in not getting instant gratification. So I think hopefully that'll be a fun project for summer, but hopefully they will yeah. be, you know, adult size before she's moved out of the house and gone, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah. we'll see. 
we've got plans that, to build is there like a, a, standing, a tortoise yeah, room is there, and stuff, you know, that kind of thing. But is there a standing rule that they have to go with her or is this, is this like her pets become <laughs> your pets? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't mind uh, hanging on to him if she, yeah. if she can't take yeah. him with her, but she's convinced that they're coming with her wherever she goes. So All we'll right. All right. That's like fair. That. All right. I like that. Yeah. That's good. But That's good. It's, it's fun to watch and be excited about that and, you know, seeing her be responsible and keep these things well, you know, that she's out there every day, you know, making yeah. sure they're taken care of. So, yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, it's always fun to, you know, even if it's peripherally is, you know, my daughter's project to see new reptile species in the house. And of course I, I had a, uh, it wasn't a Herman's, it was a spur tortoise. The, the, uh, uh, the other, you know, European species. I can't, my brain's not functioning very well. I am not a but, tortoise uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I I cannot bail you out. Now. But, uh, very similar in appearance and, and, you know, just a different distribution in, in Europe. Um, but very similar tortoises. And I had one of those as a kid that my cousin gave me and I just, that was the coolest tortoise. It was really fun. I, um, so yeah, it's kind of brings make brings me back to childhood brings you back my yeah, daughter yeah, yeah. about the same age as i was when i got mine you know seeing her and and the the amount of information that she has at her disposal compared to what i had you know at the time she didn't even uh, know she didn't even know that you couldn't say no right yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly and i remember i i got the uh got the tortoise from my cousin because it got loose from you know he was nice had it out in the yard and it got it loose and so he's like you know if you can find it you can have it and i spent the whole visit, you know, my cousin's house looking for a tortoise, you know, walking all over along the creek beds and like through yards and stuff. And then I think as we were getting ready to leave or something, the neighbor brought it over and said, I found this in my yard. And he's like, oh, I guess you can have it, you know. So I nice. took it home that day. And yeah, it was pretty cool. So I don't know. So, so, Tortoises so, are cool. I like them. So basically, Dr. Dr. Julinder hasn't been the expert herper. Uh, his entire life that, that is more of an onset later in life at finding, finding yeah. all the, well, I, the I like to, out there. I like to blame it on private property. You know, you can't, you that, can't oh, look that's on fair. Private property for her. That's so, fair. Yeah, it would right. have been outside private, but I mean, tortoises blend in really well, especially these, you know, Mediterranean, they're kind of yellowy colored and they just blend yeah. right into the grass. Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy, but man, these things are just tiny little, tiny little tortoises. Just, you know, it's it's pretty fun. There, uh, there's the cuteness factor of a tiny tortoise is pretty much unparalleled. You know. Yeah. Are they in the house or are they out? Are they? You got them they're, outside? They're inside. Yeah. She'll okay. take them out every day. Give them some sun. You know. Give them a little bath. Help them. You know. Uh, whatever. And obviously, them. they can't stay outside year round, right? Not, not yet. Not, yeah. Not at that yeah. size. So she's just got them in an enclosure. In when her room. when they get older, they can they can uh, yeah yeah they make the winter no problem there. Um, not, I know not outside. Another... No, we'd bring them in in the winter, but they can be outside yeah, okay. for a large part of the year. Part and of that's the, the plan okay. is to keep them outside in a tortoise run and have is it, it protected is it, and stuff. But isn't there a tortoise guy that's out there in Utah that we met at, at Super Show? Yeah, he's he's down in Vegas area. Um, Tyler, oh, okay. Oh, Tyler, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, who it was. He's a cool guy. Okay, so um, no, so that's definitely not the same situation at all there. 
Yeah, no, not, not in Vegas. But he was in in Utah and had. A, was he? He was and, a chameleon he, guy back then, though. Ah, <laughs> he switched okay. to tortoises, I think, when he moved gotcha. down to the desert and found out that keeping chameleons in the Vegas in desert, the desert was yeah, a little ooh, more difficult yeah. than that's dicey yeah, than in that's dicey. Know, it's a little cooler up in Utah than it is in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I I just been. Looking at, I mean, I've got an ad up right now. Looking at these tortoises, they're pretty cool. Oh, look at you! Oh <laughs> my god! Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's, yeah, that's hilarious. That that addiction. I mean, reptiles are very addictive, especially yeah. the variety and the coolness factor. So, yeah, what I am. Oh, I know. I I um. So I've got those those uh those coastal that coastal clutch yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, I um I separated my holdbacks out and I I was, was uh gonna do gonna do some bloodline swaps with uh, Eric Hernandez. Oh, cool. Um, he nice. yeah he's he's a, a longtime longtime uh, fan of of Camus and mm-hmm. uh, uh, heard that I had hatched that out and and uh, so yeah. I'm gonna send, he's send the red some coastal man right he, he is so I'm gonna send some nice coastal. ones his way yeah uh-huh. so um and then. Um, He's gonna send me send me some uh, some red stuff from from uh, last year this year. Uh, so yeah, in, in, interested in doing that. I've got like maybe two of those of those fifteen that are still holding out on me, not wanting to feed. So uh-huh. those two can fuck uh-huh. right off. Frustrating. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm yeah. I'm just I'm not trying to force feed them yeah. or, or assist feed them anymore. Or you know, it's like they're either going to eat or they're not going to eat. I'm not. You know, yeah. um, I'm not gonna. I dealt. I dealt with a male from that came from the, the female that sired this clutch mm-hmm. that th- I have to this day. And it doesn't eat, it mm-hmm. does not eat. Like it's probably, I don't know, five or six <laughs> years old. Oh, and it God. looks like it's maybe two years old. Yeah. And it's, one you know, just, yeah, it's just, just yeah, exactly. And it's barely, it's, survive. yeah, it's the most frustrating thing ever, yeah. but it's like, well, you know what? Like I'll offer you food every once in a while. Mm-hmm. If you're around, you're around. Like, but you know, I'm not trying to breed that. I'm never going to breed that to anything because I don't. I yeah, just don't want. Right. I don't want to perpetuate that kind of. Get that crap out of here. You know. <laughs> well, I had I had an individual like that, and I I put it in this tiny little, uh, you know, like a tub to clean its cage. Right. And it had this nice mm-hmm. big roomy cage, and I put it in the tub, and then I went to get it out to, and it hadn't eaten in like six months, and so I. And I was getting kind of worried it was going to survive, you know. So I, I go to put it back mm-hmm. in its in its cage, and it and it's looking at me like it's hungry. So I get out of her mouse, and I gave it to him, he ate it, and I gave him another one, he ate it, gave him another one, he ate it. You know, I just kept going. And for some reason, putting him in this little cramped, you know, smaller, even though he had like hide boxes galore in his cage. Yeah. Um, putting him in that small tub triggered his, uh, feeding response somehow. So, you know, he started eating and then he was pretty solid after that. So I, yeah, I don't know. I've, I wish uh, this was that kind of a case. Yeah. Yeah. This, no, I'm, I'm trying this to get little a, trying to get blackheads no. feeding and maybe I'm not oh so sad God. that I only got two this year because they're yeah. very frustrating and they just don't want to eat, you know, some trying to trying to get uh, advice from get your hands on some snakes yeah yeah Yeah, right yeah i feel feel like you almost Uh, need like you know well i thought about that like taking a shed skin and like doing a little sausage just inside a shed skin and kind of wetting it down and getting the putting a mouse inside there are are there blackhead breeders who who breed like 
a kind of snake just to just to feed to their blackheads to get I don't, them going. I don't get the sense that that's the case. It seems like they just kind of assist feed until they take rodents. So we're we're kind of forcing. You know, it would it would make a it would probably be a, a smart thing to yeah. have feeder snakes. You know that, but then it's hard because you know we got in this because we like snakes, not because we want yeah. to feed snakes to stuff. So it's kind of a, a yeah. A mixed bag, I, but but. I I get that, but there's a, so many people talking shit about worthless you know yeah. hybrid carpets and yeah. you know and and it's like you would think that wouldn't be a problem with all the people who make mutt you know mutt mutations yeah. and well, and then yeah, and then th- that's the same crowd that also likes blackheads you know i mean not yeah. that there's like you know what i mean like i feel like uh the the blackhead python is an aussie kind of you know mm-hmm. um carpet carpet universe centric kind of uh snake mm-hmm. so well, there's plenty of people that feed, you know, stillborn carpets to blackheads, and yeah, know, that's, a, that's a, of course, a reasonable way to go. Or, or animals that you know are not not thriving. Maybe your, you know, your picky uh, red coastals go to a blackhead or something. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, kind of how. That's probably a topic for another discuss. You know, another day. But you know, fair feed feeder snakes you know stuff like yeah. that, or feeding stuff what it wants to eat rather than telling it nope this is what you're getting i mean it just makes more sense and yeah. and you know yeah. maybe if you can maybe if you get a strategy to transition that thing sure but but mm-hmm. you know in, in the in the medium time like man maybe that'd be so much less less pain yeah. that you'd have to go through right i don't know you same know? thing with yeah. you know, lizards and anteresia babies and stuff but like i don't know my anteresia are, are doing great like starting on uh pinkies and stuff like they, yeah. they took off pretty quick this year but and you know some, i wonder some could argue that it's not as natural as you know giving them geckos or, or skinks or something so you know maybe maybe they'd be different animals if i was feeding them you know more lean uh, lizard prey yeah. hmm yeah fair I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, things are moving well. The the inlands are almost all of them have taken, uh, you know, their fir- their first meal and you know without nice. any uh, fuss or anything. So that's been good. And then, uh, yeah, the the jungles are all eating except one holdout. And um, I actually sold a pair of jungles already. And so <laughs> I was kind of. Kind of wanting to see how they turned out, how they colored up, but you know, I were they regular jungles or were they? Um, uh, they were zebras. zebras yeah, yeah, got a pair of zebras. So, and then, uh, yeah, things are things are going well. A lot of the anteresia have started pretty easily nice. this year, which is always nice. Uh, my my favorite uh, clutch of anteresia is the ones that are being a little difficult, but they they hatched out most recently, so maybe that's part of it. And I just need to be a little patient. But These I, are. Westerns or wheat belts, yeah, wheat yeah. belt stems, and the striped uh, striped clutch that I have that's got nice. some, some crazy looking stuff in it. So we'll uh, keep going with those uh, feeding trials. But yeah, we're off to a pretty good start this year with with feeding. Cool. And, uh, the brettles have yet to shed, so waiting on that and excited to see what they're going to look like. But yeah, uh, good times. Nice so, shaping up nicely. You better be. They better be ready to put the ads on your site and no, no, I get know. busy. Yeah, I need to teach Summer how to do it. Maybe that's a better route. That's, <laughs> but, not, uh, that's, I, that's not a bad plan. Yeah, I'm getting overrun in my office with geckos uh, from from the breeder. So I, I wonder if Bill needs some more uh, more geckos. But um, yeah, good stuff. Well, should we uh, fight a little? 
Okay. Get, get your fight on. Um, sure, sure. Okay. We're, we're talking uh, like these PETA-type organizations, PETA, HSUS. And do they have any positive impacts on the hobby, or are they all negative? Like, are they just hell-bent on taking away all our rights, and so they're not going to stop until we can't keep reptiles anymore? Or are there some good aspects of these organizations that help shape things in a positive way? So, Okay. Let's uh, flip the coin. See which uh, which side you get. Heads. It's tails. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. That's two oh, weeks in a row. Yeah, I know. Um, shoot. Well, uh, maybe I'll go with the the pro. <laughs> it's a little little harder to defend, but I, I'll give it a shot. That they that they that help they, they help shape the in, you know that sh- help shape things. <laughs> In a positive way, even though their tactics may not be great. Okay, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the challenging side. That is the challenging side. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, that may be the challenging side. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. uh, but I'm gonna let you go first. So of course you are. Of yeah. course you are. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think I I think in you know a lot of these a lot of these. Uh, Groups tout themselves as animal rights uh, organizations, and and uh, you know while I think that their heart is probably in the right place, um, you know the 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 net effect that they have uh, probably is not one of of positivity. Um, you know I, I think you can look at dogs and cats and and some of the issues that that. PETA and, and, and HSUS have kind of gotten themselves into where they're literally euthanizing animals, um, and, and, you know, to save them from cruelty or, or abuse. And, um, you know, you know, I just, I fail, I fail to see how an animal advocacy group, you know, wins or hits the mark when, when they're, you know, when their strat, one of their strategies is euthanasia for yeah. a population. Um, you know, I, I think that there's probably, you know, better ways for them to, um, you, you know, spend their money and, and they're well-funded. There are yeah. people who, who pay money to them who really care about animals. And, and unfortunately I think that a lot of that, that, potential revenue gets, you know, used in ways that, um, I think most animal lovers would probably not agree with if they were, uh, you know, on the decision end of, of the way some of these, um, organizations spend their money. And, and, you know, I think they're probably well-meaning, um, but, but I, I just don't, I, you know, I think that there's, education there's outreach and conservation that they can do but i i don't you know i you know and and i get that conservation of of you know uh captive bred dog populations probably has some euthanasia in involved in it right like that's that's there's probably but but and and that's just bad press right that's not um and and you know there's you know obviously you talk about groups like that um you know that there, there's there's governmental agencies that are euthanizing aggressive dogs, and mm. and uh, so so you know 
some of it just has a bad look. Um, and you know, I, I think when they get in the business of talking about animals that they poorly understand and that they really have no interest in understanding and, and, and frankly, that they, that they use the low hanging fruit to vilify, Mm -hmm. um, they're not they're they're not um, they're not coming to the table in a gen, in in a genuine or 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 they're being disingenuous with you know the way they are um, portraying themselves. I, I don't I don't think that reptiles are unreasonable pets. I think that some reptiles can be unreasonable sure. pets for some people. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think some dogs can be unreasonable pets for some people. Um, I, my dogs are a handful and I would not recommend my, you know, cattle dogs to everybody, but they, they have a, a loyalty and an intelligence and a drive that I really like in a dog. And, and, um, they've been great for my family. Now, now if you're the FedEx guy or you're my neighbors, maybe sometimes you don't feel that way. I get that. I understand that. But at the same time, you know, um, they just because no rescuing. <laughs> sure. Ju- yeah. Just because well my FedEx care. guy or my neighbors don't understand that just like HSUS or, or PETA don't understand that it doesn't mean that they're invalid or that they don't, uh, you know, that they, that they aren't great pets. So, you know, I think in the same way that somebody cannot understand something who's not, who, who doesn't own it or hasn't been a part of it, um, it is the same way that, you know, um, that, that maybe they shouldn't be the ones who are out front pushing policy towards, uh, how we view pets. Yeah. And, and one of the, I mean, uh, to kind of go along with that, one of the uh, classic examples of how PETA kind of goes wrong or, or these these more radical – I don't know that it was PETA, but it was more one of these radical animal rights organizations that uh, were up here in, you know, in my neck of the woods. They went to a coyote research facility, and they released all the coyotes from their cages, right, as kind of a protest to say they need to be free or whatever. And all the coyotes were male, so they basically just spent all night – you know, fighting and killing each other. And so, you know, the researchers went back to a facility full of, you know, maimed and half dead, uh, coyotes. So yeah, what a, if you care about the animals, that was a really stupid move to Mm -hmm. you know show you care Mm -hmm. about the animals. So yeah, a lot of their actions are kind of misguided. Now on the, on the other side, um, you know, a lot of reptile, uh, businesses or, or keepers, kind of do things the wrong way as well and they're they're not ethical they're not keeping their animals in a responsible manner and sometimes they've done some of those like undercover things where you got your you know undercover PETA agent that goes in and works for these places and films them in secret and shows some of these despicable practices frankly that are that are done mm-hmm. um you know in the name of of liking reptiles or loving reptiles and they're just not their, their actions are not consistent with that. Right. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're doing things that are, that are unethical and, and, uh, uncaring towards these, uh, reptiles that we all care about, you know? So, um, I, I, even though they might have the goal of preventing everybody from keeping reptiles, I think that kind of check and balance of having such a radical organization out there with the potential of, of exposing, you know, 
um, mishandling or things uh, in the in the reptile community um, kind of has maybe a little bit of weight. Maybe you second guess whether or not you should treat an animal the way you you, you might be you know, tempted to treat it or whatever. And, you know, kind of the optics of things maybe keep you from doing stupid things with your, your animals. Now I know like some industries were unregulated for the longest time. And so that a lot of practices evolved that were frankly, you know, unhumane and, and, uh, is that the word unhumane? Inhumane. Inhumane. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, and, uh, like, you know, the, the, food animal industry like you know just packing chickens into a cage they pump out eggs and stuff you know that's uh, is is it maybe somewhat necessary to have you know more chickens per square foot than maybe PETA is comfortable with um sure. yeah but but you know can it go too far the other way of course you know and so mm-hmm. having these these organizations that uh, question some of those practices is probably a good thing to have in, in a lot of ways. So um, I, I so, think, you know, from that aspect, just the fact that they exist um, could, could have a second guess, some, some inhumane practices. So yeah, c- touching on a couple of points there. I mean, I think, you know, I think last week's episode with Dr. Zach about, you know, science in, 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 uh, in herpetology or, or in the community, in the hobby, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think science, uh, you know, in, in those cases, in, in the use of science in the case of PETA or, or HSUS is, is kind of the same, the kind of the same issue. And I think, you know, a lot of times that, they, they don't, you know, they don't, uh, you know, look at, let's look at, at, at industrial farming practices. You know, they, they go in and they secretly film, you know, ca- how cattle are slaughtered um, and, and how, how, you know, kind of a brutal practice that is. And, and, you know, that's a FDA gov- regulated government agency. And I promise you, I promise you the FDA has looked at humanely that how to most humanely euthanize those animals. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does everybody in that, in their butchering those animals follow that? I, I would assume they're regulated to do so. You know, mm-hmm. can you control everybody a hundred percent of the time or, or, or somebody who's, you know, not just like you can't control every herper who does a dumb thing. You you can't control, yeah. you know, every, every cattle processor who does a dumb thing. So, you know, this whole kind of gotcha mentality that they have, um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like, um, I understand, I understand that there's people making bad decisions around animals. There's people making bad decisions everywhere. And, and it kind of goes to our whole like cancel culture of like, but, but let, let, let's be realistic is, you know, the, the, the agent, you know, HSUS and PETA who are going in and filming these, these unscrupulous acts under the cover, they're not also going back and filming, you know, the, the shining examples of people mm-hmm. who are reptile breeders and they're not putting that out there as this is how you shouldn't do it, but this is how you should do it. They're yeah. just saying, this is how you should, this is do how it, you should right? do it. So get rid yeah. of everything. So, yeah. and, and, and they take, they use, they use a negative example, which of course everywhere, you know, you can always find a negative example. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of my point in the cattle, uh, you know, with the cattle is you can always find that negative example. If mm-hmm. you, if you can get a camera into the right place, 
Um, and, and most people love to eat their beef, but they don't really want to know how it's, and, and when they do, <laughs> Hey, how the sausage is made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good yeah. look. And maybe, yeah. maybe you make a choice about how you eat, um, based on that, or what do you change your preferences? But, but I just think it's disingenuous. Um, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I think, um, should, should we advocate for the humane treatment of animals? Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent all the yeah. time in, in our food, in our food supply system, in our, in our captive pet, you know, trades, of course, of mm-hmm. course we should, but, but should these agencies be the ones who are the, who are the, the, the nightstick uh, in, in doing, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. that that goes, that should go to federal regulators and to, and to regulatory agencies. Um, and, and if they're not doing their job, then, then, you know, maybe, maybe these places do have some, um, good that they can they that they can do but but by Thank and large no. <laughs> but by and large i'm i'm not i don't think <laughs> yeah. that the way they behave and the way they practice are a net positive i don't yeah. think that they've changed the cattle industry for the better i don't think they've changed chicken farm what i think has changed chicken farming better for the better is free range initiatives uh mm-hmm. you know uh, uh ecological uh like l- low till you know where mm-hmm. where people are using um different um practices where you spread them out you let them poop in over a broader area you use a more holistic farming approach mm-hmm. uh which which works against kind of the centralized agriculture that we're we're doing. I think that's done yeah. far more than 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 PETA has ever done or HSUS has ever done for de- the deindustrializing or the dehumanization or the de you know the 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 de good of <laughs> of uh, animals. You know. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, we don't know, but those changes may have come, or those practices may come have come as a result of the efforts of some of these more extreme groups and you know i'm sure that they would consider that a win you know that more uh free-range chicken farms are are popping up and and hopefully you know they have some advantage to compete you know for the marketplace you know i think people will pay attention and say i'd rather buy free-range eggs than you know the farm farm uh, factory farm type eggs but you know you've got a point right there their tactics are extreme. They, they kind of base all their uh, tactics off of fear. You know, look mm-hmm. at what you're doing to these poor little puppies and kitties and, and chickens. And, you know, don't. And, and again, like I'm all for for ethical treatment of animals. And, and you know, I'm kind of in one of those uh, uh, contested areas of, of research where we do use animal models for some of our uh, viral studies right and so um do i love animals yes do i care about the rodents that are in my you know research facilities of course i do and i would probably contest there are no more well cared for animals than rodents in a lab you know to to, Mm -hmm. to some extent um so they they receive all the you know they they we have a veterinarian on call for for anything that's happening that's not in the expected range and, and, uh, you know, all sorts of, uh, regulations and and food and water. And, and and what do we do? Do we say, well, you know what the, 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 the value of, of lab animals is more important 
than humans and we should go back to dying from preventable diseases. Yeah. yeah of that, course. That, there's a trade you know, off. Like, yeah. There's definitely a trade off. And yeah. you know, I think I think what you have to to realize is is if you take that mentality, what you're perpetuating is the ex- is is the extreme where you say, yes, people should die from preventable diseases, mm-hmm. humans should decline, population should decline, yeah. and it leads you to a very and look, I get it. You know, our population is not going down. We're we're not trending towards moderation, conservation, mm-hmm. or, uh, or or the middle ground in any way. So I I I, I get that it's 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 well, it's well, a I, I would disagree. There there are definitely efforts to to mitigate or or you know help mitigate the efforts or or the the effects of human populations you know there's conservation Mm -hmm. efforts there's there's lots of efforts to improve um our situation despite the you know high population or whatever Um, well and i think standards of care go towards moderating population more than anything else And, and and again too in in the research industry like i listened to some of the old professors that were back in the day and like i mean an acceptable or i don't even know if they had acceptable and unacceptable methods of euthanasia you know like right when you were done with the rat, you just whacked it over a side of a bench and threw it in the garbage or something, you know, like things have changed for the better in that regard where mm-hmm. animals mm-hmm. are, are considered, you know, important and their life matters as much as, you know, any other life. So, and I think if you're a true animal lover, you know, you, you appreciate the value of life, but you also balance that with the understanding that some animals eat other animals, you know, and Mm -hmm. there, there is some stress in being eaten by, you know, a predator and, and, nature is is sometimes brutal you know those kind of things so and and i guess i guess my whole thing is like do do does the world need an hsus or a peta to get that message do, do we need those organizations to be there to give us that message that you know that's that's a that's a good question and kind of the focus of the debate today and and you know maybe not but they need something that's kind of counter to, you know, these wide practices. Like somebody has to come along and say, you know, the fact that that farmer is beating that cow, you know, punching it in the face to get it to do something, that's probably not a good thing for the cow or the farmer. You know, maybe he's some psychotic, you know, individual that doesn't need to be around animals. So then they say, hey, FDA, let's do something, you know, government, let's do something Mm -hmm. about this. This We need some regulations for this. And so they make rules, you know, yeah, you you can't just beat your animals, and that's that's against the rules, and that's against the law. Will it still happen? Of course, you know you can't watch people all the time, you know. But hopefully, they they will do it less or whatever because there's a law in place, you know. That yeah, kind of and 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 I and I feel like you know animal standards and animal practices have definitely improved, right? We, uh-huh. I think we can agree on that. And yeah. so I think what, you know, where we, where we go is, is it because of these independent agencies that push an agenda? And, and I, you know, I kind of feel like, um, you know, they highlight the, the, there's a place for highlighting the ugly, but mm-hmm. It's that it's it's the next part that bothers me where they take an extremist approach to restrict the, the to the restricting to the full restriction to the max restriction to the point where, you know, they're talking about people shouldn't own reptiles or or fish or, you know, what whatever. And, and, and once they're done with that, what they're really talking about is people shouldn't own pets. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think their, their their ultimate goal is is the fact that people shouldn't own any animal, that every animal should be free, which never mind the fact that they're glossing over a whole other set of ecological issues around f- animals roaming free in in their dis- in their destroyed or destroy, you know disappearing habitats mm-hmm. uh, so so i just i feel like they're ecologically short-sighted they're extremist in in the way they they think about things and and you know it, it's it's interesting because the I, and, and you know what? I, I guess I'll be honest and say that that I don't know a lot of PETA people. I don't know, but but the the interactions or or the interactions that I've seen, they just they don't come off as reasonable people. No, they no, don't come no. off as yeah. you know. They come off as extreme or yeah. or very hardcore ish people. And and you know, I as an environmental guy, I fully support you know environmental interventions, but I I can't support environmental extremism. You know, I, I don't I don't support that. I uh, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't. I, I agree, but I guess I guess my point is whether we agree with their tactics or not, do they have? results and sometimes they do i mean they definitely influence places like PetSmart, you know that don't uh sell live feeder rodents you know things like that where but is that a reasonable thing you know some may say no others may say yes that's i guess that's the i I guess my whole thing is yeah uh, for for the from pet smart point of view it it doesn't impact their bottom line enough to worry about it so they're not going to sell a a feeder rodent you know based on a moral principle that maybe was you know uh, reinforced or or put on them by one of these radical organizations um you know it, it's it's hard to say whether or not that's a positive or a negative i guess it depends I do, on what but side i just of the don't line i just don't on, see you know? how i just don't see how PETA or hsus's bully pulpit you know it, um uh, you know bow brow beating uh pet smarter petco uh changes anything when you have uh lane labs or or you know, any of the other rodent breeders who do this, who are going to be like, uh, yeah, no, uh, that we're not doing that because there's tons of animals that need to eat. And that's just the, I mean, like it doesn't, none of their, none of their humanity, uh, cries over feeder rodents changes the fact that there's pets in the world that need to eat. Now, if nobody owned those pets, those, those animals would still need to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so so if they're doing it in nature and that's happening naturally, that's okay. But when humans get involved, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. And and I I mean, we're we're happy to like put out poison bait and let the rodents, you know, suffer slowly and die, or or you know, some of these live traps where they might stay in there and you know, slowly suffer and die. So you know, there's there's a lot of things when when humans and and, you know, hunting is a great example of that. You know, Mm -hmm. when when we've messed up the predator populations and, and resulted in a, an increase in an abundance of prey that that's going to suffer and die because unless we intervene and have hunting and things like that, you know, yeah, well, and, we created and, the problem, the, but, but also the solution is not just to let all these deer slowly suffer and die. And look, yeah. there, there's, there, uh, you know, hunting is heavily regulated. Uh, can mm-hmm. somebody go out and shoot something without a tag? Yes. Are there, if, if a game there's warden catches you, yeah. de- de- definitely they'll take same, your same shit. 
get, labs take your, and you know, they'll take, yeah, they'll take your yeah. gun, your car, your boat, your your mm-hmm. everything. Like they yeah. they don't mess around with that. And yeah. and you know, for elk and and moose and they, there's only a few tags a year, and depending upon the area. So mm-hmm. so this is this is stuff that's highly regulated, and and this is what I'm talking about is is these agencies that do this. They do it data driven. They did, you know, they, they look at the populations and, and then based on what those populations look like, you know, that's how many tags they put sure. out. Yeah. Yeah. Hunting is probably a bad example of that. And I think, I think a lot of people are, are more scared into not hunting because, you know, they see all these sad videos that maybe some of these radical sure. organizations put out, but, but I think like, but, and, and um, I would also argue mm-hmm. If I may, if I may, sure, sure. That, that hunters are probably some of our best conservationists uh, in, in the sporting world. Uh, they, they care more about the environment and the animals than than I think they are ever given credit for, sure. uh, and have yeah. done quite a bit of good, you know, for for wild populations. Uh, they, they're not in this to to see animals disappear off the planet, and most of them yeah, love yeah. animals and love nature. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, again. You know, you contrast the hunter who who kills and takes animals versus, you know, PETA and HSUS. I see more compassion in a hunter who kills for sport than I do in an agency like PETA and HSUS. Mm-hmm. Well, I, don't I mean, they're, they are euthanizing their animals in a humane manner. <laughs> like they're but they're but not, they're not using they're euthanized. Yeah, but, but, you know. And they're not processed. They're not using the meat. Yeah, uh, yeah. To feed their family or, sure. you know, I mean, I, again, you know, that yeah. there's, there's, I mean, we there's have laws more on to, the books so we can't eat cats and dogs and horses. What, you know, yeah. what, a, what a crazy, what crazy laws that is. But, that's, and, 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 and you, you know, know that's, I, that's fair that you, yeah. you know, you, you, if you're euthanizing cats and dogs and you're eating them, that's, <laughs> that's a, I, I get that. I, I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that. You know, to to take somebody like a hunter and say, well, they just indiscriminately kill ant. Well, uh, that's that's not a that's not yeah. a fair, you know, that's not a fair assessment. Yeah. So. Um, well, I mean, some do. Some some are out there just to for the thrill of the kill or whatever to, sure. to put a trophy on their wall. You know, they'll go shoot it. But a lot of times, that's a double edged sword too because it provides conservation efforts in the countries that they go hunt in, and it provides. Uh, money for the local economy and they're spending tens of thousands of dollars to go hunt these you know animals over in you know africa or something like that you know so yeah definitely uh you can look at it like that dentist that got uh, demonized for hunting a, a lion you know by some of these radical organizations where it probably helped the lion populations because he pumped all this money into lion conservation that lion probably was either a problem animal or something you know i guess well, he was and, a research animal so maybe they d- deemed his you know, yeah yeah and, and 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 generally you know animals animals like apex predator animals that are hunted like that are are raised and and you know they're on game preserves and there there's you know there's regu- it's not it's not just like we take this guy out in the middle of nowhere and yeah. we just let him go shoot at shit you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it's not it's not exactly. like that it's it's that's a that's a you know now now if you're you know killing elephants for ivory or something like that where it's you know a bit mm. a bit more sketchy that's that's a different that's a different story but yeah yeah i mean i i guess uh in in an industry like ours that's poorly self-regulated um there's elements like that that can you know could potentially be a benefit to bring awareness to to the problem 
problem organizations or, or businesses that are out there that don't give a crap about the animals and that will just keep them, you know, and just kind of let them squander and die. Um, because you know, well, they're not going to make me money cause they're sick. They might as well just die off anyway. Or there's, you know, dead and rotting animals in cages and things like that because they have mm-hmm. too many of these imported animals and they can't take care of them properly. You know, people like that should definitely go away. You know, these mm-hmm. flesh peddlers in the reptile hobby, uh, you know, and, and if it takes an undercover PETA agency to kind of expose that now, I'm. I guess I'm maybe giving our regulatory agencies maybe ho- hopefully credit that's due, but maybe more credit than they deserve. When you know some organiz, I, I hope they recognize that these organizations like PETA or HSUS are are more radical or or kind of on the fringe, um, and that they they take their recommendations with a grain of salt. You know, like maybe they shut down this uh, reptile. Uh, business that's keeping, you know, has all these dead animals or, or fine them or, or help, you know, give them mm-hmm. some motivation to fix those practices and keep their animals responsibly um, versus just saying, well, let's make all reptiles illegal to keep. You know, there's there's some there's def- definitely a lot of ground between those um, extremes where, you know, take care of the problem, but don't over regulate and don't try to make everything illegal because that's easier than than regulating it. <laughs> And I could definitely give you a, a little bit on that. Whereas if if these if these you know uh, NGOs were going in and 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 exposing problems and trying to work with the reptile community to get you know some of the 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 unscrupulousness that happens around us out of here and part and actually partner with us to mm-hmm. to make it better uh, mm-hmm. and not and not you know sell the idea that we are a problem to be to be eradicated or fixed or you know mm-hmm. uh, rec- and recognize that you know we have a place i just you know unfortunately i think that their their agenda and their end game is much more radical than that and 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 the proof in the pudding is that they've decided it's easier to vilify us than it is to just work with us because it 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 kind of to me kind of shows their hand to their end game right if they really Mm -hmm. if they really cared and their goal was really to to make the reptile community better they would partner with us and 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 i think that that at some degree, we would welcome, you know, getting some of the 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 not good people or the not good practices out of, you know, the reptile community. But it's just that's not what's happening, you know, and that's not their yeah. goal. That's not what they're doing. So, you know, that's why everyone rightfully so is like, yeah, they can freaking pack sand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you know I, and granted, everybody's kind of view on different things is is different in some ways. I mean, I, I, I guess I'll use the example of, uh, you know, cane toads in Australia, right? When mm-hmm. I went over to Australia, um, there were some areas where there were just cane toads everywhere. And I was encouraged to, to run them over with the car or, you know, or step on sure. them or whatever, when we see them in the environment. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I figured, well, it's not their fault. They're here. You know, they're established. Me stepping on this toad or, or running it over with the car is not going to make a hill of beans to, you know, their their overall populations. And I've got close friends that say, no, that 
the exact opposite of that. You are trying to, you're helping um, remove some of these problem animals from the environment, and that will help the animals that you care about in their natural environment. You know, their monitor lizard may not be killed by trying to eat this, uh, you know, cane toad from that was, you know hatched out from an egg laid by that female that you ran over with your car. So, you know, I get both sides. I just, for me, and, and, and I guess that's kind of the, the idea is we don't want to try to, um, force others to see our point of view and to be forced to do our, uh, you know, the way we see it that, that needs to be done because there's more than one way to look at this. And that, and I mm-hmm. guess that's the, that, that's the, the whole concept of this podcast is seeing the complexity in things that maybe some people see as black and white. Like we <laughs> just look at HSUS and say bad, or look at PETA and say bad, completely bad, you know, but maybe there are some good impacts that they're having on, you know, to, to help us, identify issues that exist in different uh, areas of animal keeping, you know? So yeah, maybe for me, I don't enjoy seeing a, a cane toad die because it's, you know, was put in the, in, in the wrong place by people. Um, and, and frankly, like if I was, if I, if there was an effective method to eradicate cane toads from Australia, I would be all for it, especially if it was a, you know, real, relatively humane. But method. do you feel like, do you feel like, <laughs> or, or not so humane? method? I, I was going to say, yeah. but, but, but I feel like, you know, what you basically said is, hey, I'm cool with getting rid of cane toads as long as I don't get my hands dirty. Well, no, right? no, I'm not saying – no, I'm saying if if I discovered a way to eradicate cane toads and I was the one to carry it out, I would do it. What if the most effective means is running them over with a car? Well, that would take millions of years to hit every cane toad with a I car. Get, I get you know? it. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. – I mean if I'm that just was saying, the most – like you, if you the get, most effective way was to, to you know, find some way to funnel them into a trap and then run them over with a lawnmower or you know, something like that, that's horrible. Oh God. But, you know, yeah, yeah that's like – but, That's but pretty bad. If, if that was the only solution to the cane toads and eradicating them from Australia, I would say, well, the the – the good outweighs the bad. You know, right. I'm not the species isn't going extinct. It's still healthy and happy in its natural environment. But in Australia, it does not belong. Same thing with cats in Australia. You know, I would not be opposed to hunting cats in Australia. Like yeah. that's a that's a very important. They're they're terrible on the you know ecology of Australia. They do not they don't belong there. But I've got great friends in Australia that have cats that they go outside and maybe kill a bird here or there or a lizard here and there, you know, and it's, I don't agree with that. I think that's not a good way to do things, but you know, they're fine with it and they, they, right. they, they're, uh, they're entitled to their opinions. But, you know, if we involve a government agency that kind of evaluates data and makes, you know, recommendations or, or laws in a responsible and, and, you know, data driven method, um, then, you know, let's, let's go with their recommendations and try to Mm -hmm. get rid of cats. But, but, you know, there's some, some animals that are just protected no matter how horribly damaged. And I think we hit on that with uh, Dr. Zach last week, um, that, you know, cats are much worse than tegus on the environment Mm -hmm. worldwide, you know, but we're going to focus on tegus in South Florida because they're scary big lizards rather than a cute cuddly cat that, you know, most Americans like and and, 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 are okay with, you know. 
And I guess the other part that, that really kind of drives it home for me of why they're, why, you know, these, these, uh, mm-hmm. organizations aren't good is, is, you know, what they're, what they're, what, what they're really good at is fundraising and, yeah. and, and generating yeah, a lot of money yeah. and, and what and, they and use their money for is, and how, and it's how they funnel, them. it's how they funnel their money yeah. and their money's yeah. going into lobbyists. Yeah. And, and it's it, not if going they were, to help animals. It's going yeah. to. Change laws to make it illegal yeah. to have any animals, and I guess and, and, in the grand scheme, they probably think that's a better thing. Like, oh, if the animals aren't, kept I think in that's. Captivity. I think they think that's a more yeah. effective strategy. But yeah. again, it, it speaks to their radicalism. Yeah, that they feel that They're by generating that on everybody else, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and they understand. That, that their opinion is not the popular one because they're doing they're they're using legislative processes rather than you know working with popular opinion uh, or work you know so so they don't fundraise a bunch of money and then give it to government agencies and say hey can we evaluate this and make some recommendations yeah. they give it to lobbyists who you know grease politicians to slip it into a, you know, some, some shit into a bill and just, and try to pass it carte blanche. And and that's where, you know, it's, it's really kind of like, okay, that that's, that's dirty pocket pool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. Like that, there's no arguing that, you know, against that, yeah. that uh, they are very good at fundraising and they, mm-hmm. they are very poor at, preserving animal life you know they're they're yeah. euthanizing far more and, animals than they're and i, I think i think the the part that i dislike about it is is they're good at doing it by 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 using people's love for animals against them yeah yeah you know exactly they, they, yeah they're showing they, these poor little sad puppies on yeah. the commercials and then you think oh i'm donating to them so they're helping that poor little puppy they're rescuing it and giving it to a good home like me when the reality is they're euthanizing it and then they're using your donation to make it illegal to keep any animals. You know? Yeah. So, and, and, yeah, it's kind and, of a, and, you know, I mean, I guess maybe that, yeah. that that's not a stated goal and, and that's something I feel like their end goal is, is, is to, to, you know, eliminate um, the, 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 the captive ownership of animals, which, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, Look, man. Since since domestication of wolves, we've we have had animals as companions. We're social creatures. Like I just, I, I don't get it. Like I don't. It doesn't. Like I don't see the. You know, um, I don't see the benefit for for the animals. I don't mm-hmm. see. You know, I I mean, my dogs are much better because I'm in their life. Yeah. I, I, I you're never going to convince me different. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. They get to comment on podcasts. They get to they get to do <laughs> crazy range. fun shit with yeah. me. Yeah, like it's like it's yeah. good. I mean, yeah. they live a good life. Mm-hmm. So you know, w- w- as do our reptiles. W- frankly, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. We are getting. I mean, we care more about the environment. We care more about seeing the animals in their natural, you know, environments and 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 protecting the environment. Trying not to just flip logs and rocks indiscriminately. You know, we we try to clean up trash or whatever in in their yeah. environment. You know, those kind of things where we're more eco- ecologically minded and mm-hmm. care more about the planet and care more about. If we if we couldn't have those interactions with animals, I think that 
quality of life and the care for the environment would go downhill, you know, in general, in a population. Well, if, I mean, if, if you just if you just looked at, looked at animals and plants as a symptom of why to care about nature. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. didn't and you didn't care about plants or animals, then you're right. Why would anybody care? Like wipe it all out, pave it all over. There's no re- there's no, you know, ne- never mind our fundamental connectedness and net necessity yeah. to, to have biodiversity on this planet. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, it, I, you know, I don't think we'll exist without it. But, you know, if maybe you're one of those people who thinks we can. Cool. Roll the dice on that. Good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. The science probably does not agree with you. Well, clearly I picked the losing side and I declare you the winner. But I mean, <laughs> I, you I, know, I, you know. I think there's 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 uh, thoughts to be made on both sides. But sure. I, you know, overall, I think they are just radical and 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 uh, out to just get rid of pet keeping completely. And I think there are a lot of. Um, good aspects to to having pets and to getting that connection with nature. So, and I will say that you know, um, and this is kind of an environmental thing. Uh, and, and, and you know, uh, and, and James Enhoff threw a snowball in uh, in in, yeah. in the Senate chambers yeah. and said, "Oh, I don't see any evidence Global of climate warming. change." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and one of my college professors was like, "You know, he is not your enemy." Because his view is clear and present. You know exactly where he stands. And he does not support any, any type of, of, you know, climate, you know, common sense. You know that person. Yeah. The, yeah. The, and, and, and so I kind of feel like, you know, the, the PETA and HSUS are kind of like that. You know they're extremists. You know they're, they're out to lunch when it comes. It's, it's the, it, you know, it's that. It's that uh, more moderate, more quiet, more cunning, and and that's who you really need to worry about. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't necessarily worry about the PETAs and the HSUSs of the world because you know they've played their hand pretty poorly, and and you know one thing that they do do is raise money, but up until this point, you know the the will of 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 humans. Uh, to to want and to keep animals um, is far far stronger than their ability to lobby um, uh, so far. So you know that's that's kind of the heartening piece of it to me at least. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, <sighs> bunch of Looney Tunes, I say. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I hope this discussion was uh, not too triggering for some and, and was, you know, had some useful comments for others and was was enjoyable. But anyway, yeah, uh, uh, that was that was fun to talk about. Right. I, I keep getting distracted. You've got some snakes back there behind you and I'm trying to figure out. Oh, they are. that's the diamond pythons. Oh, okay. that's the diamond. Yeah, They're yeah, still yeah. inside. Yeah, I need to get yeah, them. Yeah. I need to get that dang cage finished and get them out. Yeah. But well, now you got a little more time. Yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Warm for them. Yeah. yeah I'll was, let them. I was curious how you were going to mitigate the, the heat for, for them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been, I, you know, I, I think we touched on this we and, did. and yeah, we uh, did talk about it a little bit. And, and I'm, I, you know, I, the, still, still on the I don't, you, still well, the I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I kind of have my plan, but I, I guess I, I kind of need to set the cage up. Which which hmm. kind of would be like why I need to do it now and when it's really really oh, hot, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I can kind of take some data see. and see like how how uh, you know how my design performs because yeah. I just you know I don't 
I don't want to, um, I don't want to get them out there and find out that it just gets too hot. But, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I'm going to do more in this enclosure to mitigate the the heat of summer mm-hmm. than I did in my coastal enclosure. And they do just fine. So, yeah. um, you know, you- I, I think maybe I'm over concerned about it, but I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not. Did you pick up any of those Govi uh, temperature humidity uh, monitors? It's funny that you say that. I was just, <laughs> yeah. I was just looking at getting some of. Those. I need to get yeah. a, a, a handful. I mean, they're of so those. inexpensive, and, and that's yeah. something you could just throw in different corners of the cage and monitor it. You know, yeah. just go in with your phone and download the information, and you have like a you know shows the range of temperatures over days or weeks or months yeah. or whatever you want. Yeah. Do. And so I, I mean, I've kind of, of got a, I've kind of got a good plan going forward with how to mitigate the heat of summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I think, you know, a nice big thick substrate level at the, at the base of the cage and then, sure. and then yeah. something under the cage where they can retreat to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like you said, getting some govies and just kind of taking some temperature data. Um, I, I, you know, I got some time here. I, I, mm-hmm. I definitely, Definitely, um, you know, we, we don't get really horribly hot until uh, like September, you know, uh, late, latest September. September. Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. so it's warm here now, but it, it usually hits 90s and is is god awful uh, in mm-hmm. September mm-hmm. Uh, time frame. So so I have enough time to kind of finish up and, yeah. and get the govies going and kind of see what the, the temperature is like. But that said, you know, um, the coastals, they, you know, they'll hit, they'll hit upper eighties, low nineties. Uh, and, oh, yeah, and they yeah. do find that, you know, they're, they're I'm good. Sure they're, diamonds they're, do in their natural habitat. Yeah. As and, well. and, yeah. And, 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 and obviously like when it's hot during the day, the coastals aren't out. And then yeah. once the sun they're goes down, they come out and they, they, yeah, they, they're, they're mm-hmm. out in the cooler, the cooler night air and mm-hmm. hang out out there until they tell, you know, catch a little sun in the morning and then they're back in there to hide from the heat of the day. So, yep. you know, I, I think, I think I think they'll be just fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, just you know, uh, always kind of uh, you, you get in your head thinking all those different, you know, like oh, I got all these parameters, yeah, all this yeah, stuff, you know. Right. And you you just you just want to make sure you're doing the best for the animal yeah. and, and well, check, uh, making maybe, sure. But maybe check out some of the the Rick Shine literature and see kind of what the wild diamonds yeah. are doing, what kind of temperatures they're hitting, and see if you can model that with your enclosure. That's yeah. Base it on the, the most of all Rick Shine stuff's there. online, right? Like, you yeah, can, yeah, you, you can go mean, to his you, website, he's got all his papers listed, and most of them oh, are nice. okay. really accessible, you know. Or you can type him in the Google Scholar, you know, Rick Shine and Diamond Python, you'll come up with you know a bunch of free articles, I'm sure. Because they're yeah, yeah they've been published I, long enough ago that they're they're definitely free. I think Rick Shine is my Steve Irwin by far. Uh, Rick you Shine's know? the man, he's he's oh, so yeah. cool. I'm I'm this, getting close, like, I'm I'm pretty far into his book and it's just i just love i i need to i i need to get that yeah is is the book expensive is it really pricey or no no? it's like 30 bucks something like that. oh hell i mean the soft i got the softback edition i didn't get the hardbound but yeah it's it's uh very affordable yeah nice and you can get over i mean you can buy it from him directly but that's going to add a lot of uh, to the shipping costs and stuff but uh you know i got mine on on amazon sorry rick okay yeah okay well yeah hopefully some of the money goes to him but um yeah so i i uh are you catching up on any podcasts or you you have time to do that again no i really i haven't um you know i i uh i caught your interview on the 
was it lizard brain radio where you were oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that was yeah, that was a, finally, a little while back to, you got, got, to, got to, to listen to that yeah, yeah. i gave i gave you fun. your just dues on that i i believe yeah, yeah. oh yeah you're very generous i'm sure uh-huh. <laughs> um i i liked uh, well the, deserved uh, i've been listening to this uh pingle uh podcast so much pingle and uh one of the one of the guys that did his uh, graduate work at Utah State, Andrew Durso, was on, so that was fun nice. to hear, hear him. And he does he does a really cool uh, blog called uh, uh, Snakes Life, uh, something like Snakes Are Long, but life life is short, something like that. Yeah, I'm sorry I butchered that. You know my brain, but uh, anyway, it was it was a fun one, and it looks like he's got some more good stuff up there. So um, I, I like his podcast. He does a good job. And then looks like the Herpticulture Network guys had uh, Pete Call on and Tim Tim. So what? Tim Morris, oh, I got sorry, Tim Morris. Yeah, I need to check that out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That looks good. Uh, they, they I know. I you know what? From all the falderall of work and all that, I am like so far behind. <laughs> yeah. on podcasts. Yeah. So. Um, and, and MP put out a new one. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's got it's uh, on breeding black white lips. So I guess mm-hmm. someone's gonna impart his wisdom and in, in his experience in getting white. Nice. Lips. I guess he had some hatch out, right? So yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty exciting. Way to go! Yeah, Owen. I told I told him that was macintastic. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And uh, you know, always uh, I always enjoy listening to Carpets and Coffee. I, I just yeah, I like listening to the Podfather. He's good, and, and Lucas and and Owen. You know, they they make a good mix. It's fun to yep. listen to them. Yeah, yep. no, definitely. Well, I was I was a little concerned. I I heard uh, Eric's breaking up fights at work, and I'm like, what is <laughs> no. going on? I mean, I guess I guess I did know that he he worked in kind of you know not yeah. not the sketchy area of town, but oh, but it's a very maybe, maybe not area the, of town. Maybe not the easiest. Maybe not the easiest clientele coming yeah. through the door. So. I mean, that's, that's stay nice. stay safe out there, Podfather. We need yeah. you. Exactly. I I tried to give him a call today, but I think he's out herping. So. He he, he gotcha. Answer the phone, but well, yeah. good thing he didn't. He's him. off enjoying himself. That's <laughs> yeah, good. yeah. He's he he's finding some cool snakes and uh, water snakes and stuff. So getting out there herping. Good job, man. Well, I think we did it. Um, yeah, I agree. Thanks, <laughs> thanks again to the Morelia Python Network. Uh, check them out on their socials and uh, listen to their podcast. There's some great content out there, um, and. Uh, Thanks to to Eric and Owen, and and we'll uh, uh, hope to catch you again next week for another episode of Reptile Fight Club. Until next time, don't do crime. Fight Club.